You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is ESPN Radio's Barton Hahn Podcast. That's right, it is Barton Hahn, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, just say play ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm not Barton, or am I Han? I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Michael Rothstein, in for the guys today, and you can be a part of the Barton Han Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN, that's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. I'm sure plenty of people cracking open the Dr. Pepper during this college football bowl season as we march toward the college football playoff semifinals coming up on Saturday afternoon. Listen to those games right here on ESPN Radio. But week 17 of the NFL used to be the end of the season, but now we've got the one additional year, well, week. So week 17 of the NFL kicks off tonight, Michael, with the Cowboys taking on the Titans. This line just keeps getting bigger and bigger <laughs> for the Cowboys. I thought it was 10 somehow by the time the show kept rolling. It got up to 12 and a half. Cowboys heavily favored, but this is a big game for them. I mean, they've already got their playoff spot wrapped up, and the Titans are fighting for the playoffs, but for Tennessee, it doesn't matter what happens in this game. And the Cowboys are trying to somehow avoid being a wild card team, despite being one of the better teams in the NFC, because, well, they've got the Philadelphia Eagles in front of them. Yeah, without without question. And unfortunately for the Cowboys, if they end up being the number five seed, which is what I think a lot of people believe that they will end up being, because Philly, all they need to do is what win one of the last two games. They will go to the very bad, no good, horrible, awful NFC South division winner, which could be Carolina, could be New Orleans, could be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this is important for Dallas in terms of A, keeping momentum, but B, that slim, like you said, outside shot of being able to win the NFC East. And if you do that, you're probably, what, the two seed if you're winning the NFC East because of just how everything else would end up playing out. You know, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, I feel like Tennessee's treating this as, frankly, they should because their playoff fate is going to be decided next week in a winner-take-all game, more or less, against Jacksonville. They're treating it like a preseason game, it feels like. And to me, like, you better win this game if you're Dallas. Like, you better win this game by 30 because we've seen you be able to put up 30 on good teams. So it's funny you mentioned that. So does this become a trap game for the Cowboys? Ed Werder, ESPN NFL reporter, answered that question. If the Titans were playing this game to win, uh, if it mattered to them as far as their postseason then I think the Titans would exactly be the kind of team to give the Cowboys a problem. I mean, the Cowboys have gone 2-1 and one against the AFC South. They lost to Jacksonville. They needed a goal line stand and a 98-yard touchdown drive to beat the Texans, and they didn't put the Colts away until that record fourth quarter. But that's not the situation. I mean, Mike Vrabel's prioritizing the health of his team for that Week 18 division title game against the Jaguars. 
it, it kind of feels like the Cowboys are in a lose-lose situation. It felt like they were in a lose-lose situation last week because they're playing a backup quarterback in Garner Minshew. Oh, you win the game? Oh, you were supposed to win. You lose the game? Oh, you lost to Garner Minshew. It kind of feels the same way. And while I don't think the Titans are going to beat the Cowboys tonight, I'm with you. If you don't blow this team out by, you know, two touchdowns or more, I think the questions are just going to continue to come in about the Cowboys. We are such a long ways away from when they went up to Minnesota and beat the Vikings 40-3. to And everyone's going, ooh, Cowboys. How good are the Cowboys? Could this potentially be a team that represents the NFC in the Super Bowl? And since then, where they have, uh, you know, they have a loss, uh, you know, uh, against the Jaguars. They have that close game against the Houston Texans. If they have another close game tonight against a Titans team that presumably is resting everybody so they can gear up for the de facto AFC South championship game next week, the questions are just going to continue and the pressure is just going to continue to be turned up for Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, See, I don't know, Gabe. I don't know if I buy that totally because... It's coming off of Christmas. It's this weird holiday week all over the country. You're playing on a Thursday night, and we know Thursday night football is way more of toss-up. Who knows what this thing is going to look like than any other game of any week. Dallas, yes, like we've talked about, they know that they still have a shot of winning the NFC East, so it matters more to them, but they're also already in the playoffs and as long as they they don't completely fall apart here, they are going to be playing actually an under 500 team. They might actually be playing a worse team if they get the wild card than if they somehow won the NFC East unless they got the bye. Like, it's not a bad place to be this year hanging out as the number five seed as long as you feel like you can go on the road and win. My bigger thing with Dallas is not like what happens tonight is that I just don't think I can trust them two weeks from now, whenever, whoever they're playing, whenever they're playing. That's my bigger concern than what happens tonight. Is it because the the turnovers, is it the DAC turnovers that have really been an issue? And look, he played great after the interception he threw last week against the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles. But that pick six that he threw that made a 10 nothing Philly, like that was just... Man, what are you doing? Like, I, you know, you're trying to get over a defensive lineman. It's just nowhere near of getting over him ends up being an easy pick six. The turnovers are the thing. Last year with the Cowboys, it was the penalties, and then they end up having, it was either 12 or 13 penalties against the Niners at home, which cost them in the wild card round. Right now, the thing with the Cowboys seems to be the turnovers, and Dak can't keep, can't stop coughing it up no matter who he's playing. Yeah, that has been a problem for Dallas, and you have to figure, they need to figure out a way to get Dak playing how he was earlier in the season. You know, because look, look, I think we all agree this team is talented enough to maybe make a Super Bowl run, especially in the NFC. Like, they have the talent here. This is a team that, remember, they went, what, 3-1 and one when Cooper Rush was their starting quarterback. You put Cooper Rush on 85% of teams in the NFL, they're probably going 1-3 or three or 0-4. Oh like, that's just the truth of it. But Dak Prescott, like you said, has turned the ball over a ton two picks in three of his last five games. He's thrown at least one interception in every game he's played since November 20th, that massive 43 win over Minnesota. And by the way, almost all of these games have been at home. That's the other part of this as well. Like, it's not like he's going in hostile environments here. Like, he is throwing these picks largely at home. They had one road game in that stretch. It was at Jacksonville, and that was the game that they lost. 
yeah, yeah I mean, Jacksonville I just, obviously is very notorious for being a hostile environment. Yeah, it gets, oh yeah, it I mean, listen, it, Jacksonville I, I, for Jaguar games. I, I cover, I covered a Jacksonville Atlanta game last year, and I'll tell you, man, those empty seats, dude, those empty seats, they they can <laughs> get rowdy, they can get loud. You know, they tear their plastic off, so you see the iron or whatever's underneath, and they're just it's distracting there with Jacksonville in in, in their TIA. I think it's still TIAA Bank Field or Stadium, like. No, Jacksonville is the worst home field advantage in the league. Maybe second worst to to the team I cover in Atlanta or third to the Chargers. Like, no, like that's that's it probably was a home game there, too, honestly, because of the way Dallas travels. I, I just don't trust them in part because of Dak, but in part also because there's always pressure, more pressure, I think, on the Cowboys than on other teams in the NFL because of Jerry Jones and because of how vocal he is. He talks after every game. He's the owner, GM, you know, and I honestly believe if Jerry Jones could be the head coach, Jerry Jones would try and be the head coach, too. I I think when it comes to the playoffs, there's just more pressure put on Dallas than other teams, and I do believe that that affects them. Uh, on the other side, the Titans do seem to be treating this as almost an off week as they gear up for their big game. Doesn't matter if they win or lose. Their big game is next week against Jacksonville. Whoever wins that will win the AFC South. And earlier today, ESPN Titans reporter Toronto Davenport joined us on Greeny and had this to say about Derrick Henry and his injury situation. On Monday, he kind of limped through the locker room a little bit when we were in there. But on Tuesday, he was pretty... Back to to his own pace, but that hip is a new listing. That's not something that we has we saw before. Uh, they typically manage him regardless of whether he's a hundred percent or at this point, you know, no one's a hundred whether he's ninety percent or not. Um, I, I think one thing you also have to look at: he has three hundred nineteen carries on the year. That's well uh, uh, more than pretty much everybody outside of uh, Josh Jacobs. So I'm sure he's going to get a lot of carries this week with Derek Carr being uh, you know removed from the team, so to speak. I will say this about the Titans. I have, and I am probably guilty of this, Michael. I think I've left them for dead during this losing streak that they've had. And just because they've looked that bad and Jacksonville's looked that good. Like, and I firmly believe in Doug Peterson and uh, Trevor Lawrence going forward. I think that's a tremendous pairing. Jacksonville could not have gotten more fortunate with the coach they got after the disaster that was Urban Meyer last year. But yeah. this year, one game with Mike Vrabel at coach... Like, I don't I don't know if I can count Tennessee out quite yet of winning that AFC South and going to the postseason. I, I'm with you, sort of, except I absolutely don't think that the Titans win that game. Uh, but, you know, listen, a lot can happen in Week 17. There can be injuries. Who, who knows what occurs there? But I go back to something that our colleague Teron Davenport said when he was on with us earlier this morning on Greeny when I asked him about Ryan Tannehill. And the Titans, he said, are hoping that he comes back, but it doesn't seem like there's a high level of actual real-world confidence there that he's going to return. And that means you're going with Malik Willis. Malik Willis has not looked good this year. So you're banking on Malik Willis being able to lead you against a Jacksonville team that has looked quite good. And I just think that the Jags, I really believe that they are good enough to win this game and to go to the playoffs. By the way, if they do, the Jags will have swept the Titans for the first time since 2005. Like, that's insane. (laughs) That's 2005? Yeah, 2005. Wow. 
That's in, yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. That is insane. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six triple eight. Say ESPN is the number to get into the program. News from Barton Han Nation. We have Brian in North Carolina as he has just hit us up on the Dr Pepper call in line. Brian, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you got, man? Yeah, guys, loving the conversation. I get where you're coming from, but show me how there's pressure on the Cowboys. They haven't won the dang Super Bowl since 1994. They haven't been to the dance. If there was pressure, they'd have been doing something for the last 20-plus years. It's just, look, Jerry's got the money machine rolling. I don't think they care that much. Uh, <laughs> that's, so, that, that's that's spicy see, right there. I, Thanks, Brian. If I'm Mike... If I am Mike McCarthy, though, maybe the Cowboys in general, there isn't a lot of pressure on, and Brian has a point there, but I think Mike McCarthy specifically has pressure. If the Cowboys flame out in the playoffs once again, and kind of, and, and let's say they stumble this week against the Titans and stumble down the stretch and go into uh, Tampa Bay and they lose to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, which doesn't seem that far-fetched, is Mike McCarthy safe, especially with... Uh, the rumors out there about Sean Payton wanting to come back and Sean Payton constantly always being linked to the Dallas Cowboys. Like maybe there's not pressure on the Dallas Cowboy organization and Jerry Jones, but I think there are certainly pressure on some individuals like Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Like you, you can include, by the way, Kellen Moore in that you can include their defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore, by the way, their offensive coordinator, there is pressure everywhere. And, I think that some of that was directed towards me because I had talked about the amount of pressure that's always on the Cowboys. So I want to explain it a little bit. Is that when you're when you're sitting there and your owner, who is also your general manager, talks every week and he is making grand proclamations like the OBJ situation over the last what six weeks or so until Jerry decided to quiet that down. There is a difference there versus most other teams in the NFL where the owner, the person who's signing the checks talks once or twice a year. Jerry makes his his expectations known all the time. What Jerry Jones says fuels what Gabe and I talk about and what are the people who will follow us and the people who are before us talk about almost every week. And if you don't think that creates an added level of pressure on a team, it doesn't matter. I think that's part of why they maybe haven't been to the Super Bowl in so long. It's part of why they haven't won a Super Bowl in so long because there is that constant fishbowl pressure on the Cowboys that no other team, I think, in the NFL, other than maybe the Jets and Giants, again, two teams haven't been to the Super Bowl in a while, and maybe the team that that Gabe covers, the Packers, face on a week-to-week level, month-to-month level in the NFL. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance gives you protection on the phone, online, or on the app 24-7 because things happen 24-7. Get your quote at Progressive.com. News from Barton Hahn Nation. Roy in the truck just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-729-3776. Roy, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Look, what up, man, that messes up why do people keep saying oh Mike McCarthy's going to be gone it's Mike McCarthy's not the one who's not producing it's the player okay Dak you throw too many interceptions run the ball he he man he messed up last year with San Francisco should have been the playoffs he messed up last week when he should have stayed in bounds that game shouldn't have been that close they lose games they should win and they've barely been getting by and you know what 
this is man. I, I can't believe we're still thinking Cowboys, Cowboys. No, let's put Jimmy G in Dalgum Dallas. I bet you they'll do a whole lot better. I bet you. What? So uh, we appreciate the call, Ryan. I love the passion that he has over the Dallas Cowboys. But here's the problem, Michael. Here's the problem. You just gave Dak Prescott a bunch of money, and that's always going to count against the cap. You know who doesn't count against your cap and can always be the scapegoat? Your head coach, Mike McCarthy. I don't know how many years he has left, but that's just coming out of the, the, the Jerry Jones you know, money machine that he gets to print money every Sunday by being the <laughs> owner of the Dallas Cowboys. So, but yeah, I mean, Jerry's just going to have to you know, pay Mike McCarthy to go away. But, but that's why a lot of times when coaches get fired, it's not necessarily their fault. It's the players. It's everything else around them. It's just easier to blame the coach, get rid of the coach, and try to hope somebody else can make it better. Yeah, by the way, just to talk about why Dak Prescott isn't going anywhere, $31 million of his contract next year, fully guaranteed already. If they were to move on from oh, him, sure. $89 million in dead money. Guess who's not going to do that? Jerry Jones isn't going to do that. Like, like, come on. Like, you really want to talk about maybe them getting out from under a Dak Prescott contract that I don't think they necessarily need to get out of? Out from you're probably looking at maybe 2024 where it'd be almost 40 million in dead cap, and even then, uh, I don't know if you're going to stomach that because Dak Prescott isn't a bad quarterback. You can have many worse situations in the NFL. You're probably looking at 2025 when it's 21.8 million dollars, but at that point, who knows how big that cap's going to be? So you're with Dak for a while, and you just have to decide: Well, does Dak plus Mike McCarthy plus Kellen Moore potentially make it work? Yeah, that's. <clears throat> The, the problem when, it, and, and clearly Roy, I would think, it would qualify as a frustrated Cowboys fan with Dak yes. Prescott. My guess is that there are probably frustrated Vikings fans with Kirk Cousins, even though Kirk's had a pretty good year. But when you get to the postseason, Kirk Cousins doesn't always necessarily deliver. But who's Minnesota going to get right now? given where they're going to be drafting, that's better than Kirk Cousins. Who are the Cowboys going to get? And I know he threw out the suggestion of Jimmy Garoppolo, but given the contract that you gave Dak, you're not going to sign Derek Carr, who could potentially on the, be on the market, Jimmy Garoppolo. You're not going to sign these guys to come in because you've already made your commitment. You've already made your decision. Well, not only that, but and you mentioned the draft, right? You mentioned draft positioning. That is the most frustrating argument that fans make. And I deal with it all the time here in Atlanta because they may or may not need to draft a quarterback depending on how Desmond Ritter does. The quarterback thing in the first round, or really at all during the draft, is not this guarantee. It's not this like, oh yeah, hey, like we're going to draft this guy and he's going to be great. Well, tell that to the Jets. Tell that to the Bears. (laughs) Tell that to the Browns who have been, those three franchises have been in, you know, draft purgatory. Honestly, I'm 42 years old, probably since I was like 12. Like it's just there's no guarantee here Brandon Whedon was a first round pick Tim Tebow was a first round pick the Achilles Smith was a first round pick Ryan Leaf was a first round pick the lists go on and on Zach Wilson I mean we we can make a list probably for the next two hours of this show of first round quarterbacks that haven't worked out Gabe so don't start talking about draft positioning like it's do, do you think you can win enough with a quarterback can you build around him that's what I see it as when you're talking about this 888-729-3776 is the Dr. Pepper call in line where we have Jay in New York. Jay, you're on ESPN Radio. Fellas, happy New Year's to y'all, man. Love listening to y'all. Um, calling we appreciate that. Kind of, yeah, no doubt. Um, call it kind of defend Dallas. I see them like my, my Yankees, 
and like my and like the Lakers, where you have this massive amount of legacy, and it seems like early in the year it's always the same question with those teams: can they win? Can they win it all? And no one really looks at issues like there's fundamental issues with those teams. That's why they don't win. I don't see much that Dax could get. Other than Ceedee Lamb, he doesn't have much to throw to. His offensive line still isn't as good as it was when he was peaking in his career. And they're not very disciplined. And Jerry doesn't seem like he likes hiring guys who's going to come in and shake the boat a little bit. He seems to like to be the primary voice. So if you have all of those different forces there, and I'm not trying to be too philosophical. I know this is sports, but, you know, they see, it seems to happen every single year with those three teams because of who they are. You kind of start at championship and then reality hits. And it's like, who needs to go and who's not doing their job? There are fundamental issues with those teams, and I, I can name five teams that are better than them right now. But because it's Dallas, it seems to be always, well, you know, a big disappointment. I look at them and I'm like, not really. If they, if that, if that team was anyone else made up the way it is, you know, no one would be asking about Super Bowls or busts. They're, they're just not. They're good, but they have flaws, and they're not going to ultimately, like every year, they're going to be a victim of those flaws. So. Um, I think Dak is a really good quarterback, but I don't think he's a top-tier quarterback that erases your flaws. He needs help, and he doesn't have it, bottom line. so Yeah, we, we appreciate the call, Jay. I mean, yeah, very, Jay's very not passionate. Wrong. Defending the Cowboys. I mean, he was defending the Cowboys, but ripping the Cowboys at the same time. <laughs> it was, which, by the way, is the, those are the best kind of calls. Like, you're defending yeah. someone while ripping them at the same time. Tremendous job. Tremendous call by Jay in New York defending the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, who take on the Tennessee Titans tonight, Thursday Night Football, the final one of 2022. Coming up next year on Barton Hahn, we're going to talk more about tonight's game, as well as dive into what's going on with the Las Vegas Raiders, especially their quarterback situation. That's coming up next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bart and Han. 
Barton Hahn, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. I'm Gabe Nigel. He's Michael Rothstein. We're in for the guys, and ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. We all know the game isn't over till it's over, so next time you need parts for your car, don't call it quits. Go to eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Week 17 of the NFL begins tonight. Cowboys on the road taking on the Tennessee Titans. And to talk more about all the great storylines happening in the NFL, we welcome in ESPN NFL reporter Kimberly A. Martin. Kimberly, we certainly appreciate the time and want to begin with the Las Vegas Raiders. It's an interesting situation with Derek Carr. They've decided to bench him, and now reports coming out today that they have also mutually agreed upon with Carr that he's not going to be around as to not serve as a distraction over these final two games of the regular season. Do you see a situation where Derek Carr is on this Raiders roster next year? Oh, no tip. I think once you have a team that is still viably... Um, in the playoff hunt, I mean, they haven't been eliminated, right? So you've got two more games, and the way his contract is set up, guaranteed money kicks in if he's still on this roster right after the Super Bowl. Like, this this is the problem. It's very hard to take Josh McDaniel seriously when he says this is about seeing Jared Stidham. Nobody was trying to see Jared Stidham. You know, like, that. that's, it's it's just fact. And I, I think once you make this move, when you are still technically alive to get into the postseason and you get and you're basically benching your best option, then that tells me it's not about winning and it tells me that you have no purpose you see no purpose in keeping their car. The interesting thing is he has a no trade clause, so he can decide where he wants to go, how they play it, it's clear that they're parting ways. How it how it transpires, where he goes next. That remains to be seen, but his time in Las Vegas is over. And if you watch Devontae Adams in his interview at his locker yesterday, you can see that he understands that he came to Las Vegas to play with his buddies, and now that's no longer the case. Kim, you just mentioned Devontae Adams, and what do you think happens with him now? Because that seems to be the other piece of all this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's so fascinating about it. Think about Devontae Adams left Green Bay because of the uncertainty with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers not knowing, you know, it was a year-to-year thing, what's Aaron going to do? Devontae Adams went to Las Vegas because his best friend was the quarterback and because he wanted to be closer to home. And now his friend is no longer going to be his quarterback. Um, Financially, they're not moving on from Devontae Adams. But again, I mentioned Green Bay a second ago. Green Bay messed up by not including Aaron Rodgers in sort of the overall plan when it came to drafting Jordan Love. He was not aware of it, caught him by surprise. Obviously, the last two years, the the Packers have had to sort of do an about face. Now the Raiders, they have to include Devontae Adams in their plan. I don't know what their plan is. I don't know what quarterback they're going to find, whether it be via the draft, whether it be, you know, hunting for a big-name quarterback, like let's say it's Tom Brady, right? Um, I don't know what their plan is, but Devontae Adams better be at the center of it. He better be um, consulted because looking at him, he is not a guy that's happy. And you don't want Devontae Adams saying, I don't want to be here. 
get me out by any means necessary. ESPN NFL reporter Kimberly A. Martin joining us here on Barton Hahn, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Michael Rothstein in for the guys today. Moving on to a different quarterback situation, Tua Tungavailoa down in Miami. Uh, presumably going to be out for the game against the Patriots. Teddy Bridgewater going to get that start. A, it's a big game for Miami as they try to end this losing streak and, and keep their playoff hopes alive, but we're not going to see... To uh, in either of these regular season games, right? I mean, I, I got to assume he's done for the year. Or, or how how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, you know, pers- I mean, beyond football, I personally watching Tua just as a human being. Like, I'm worried about um, his health going forward um, beyond just the football and the winning games in in, in this season. Um, I I don't know what the Dolphins will decide. I don't know if week 18 we will see Tua again. The problem with concussions is that every person is different. Um, the, the symptoms that they experience are different. You can have a concussion first week of April and, and still have residual symptoms weeks later. You can have, you know, concussion symptoms that wasn't from the last hit, but was from the first hit. Like everything is different. Everybody's different. I don't know. I, I don't know if we'll see Tua again, but it would not shock me if week 18, because of how Tua, you know, how he's, how he's literally said, you know, I want to be out there. After the first concussion, he said the Dolphins did everything right. You know, I want to be out with my guys. But I think at some point, coaches have to protect players from themselves. Every player wants to go out there and wants to help his team win games. But also, every player, especially a guy in Tua's situation, wants to go out and, and get himself another contract, wants to prove that he's worth an extension, worth a long-term deal, that's in the back of his mind. But at some point, football can't trump absolutely everything. And if his health is, is in question at, in any capacity, based off of how he's been treated this year and what we've seen transpire over the course of the Dolphins season, he should sit. But right now, I'm, I'm not sure if we'll see him in the game season. Kimberly, we certainly appreciate the time. Hope you enjoy the slate of games in Week 17 and have a happy New Year. You too, guys. Thank you. Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, our guest here on Barton Hahn. ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune in today for the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl featuring Michael's very own Syracuse Orange as they take on Minnesota. It's followed by the Cheez-It Bowl and the Valero Alamo Bowl. Coverage begins at 2 p.m. Eastern here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up next on Barton Hahn, we're going to dive into some of the other huge stories going on in the NFL Week 17. ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Bart and Han. An unexpected quarterback change that we're going to dive to in just a second here on Barton Hahn, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Michael Rothstein in for the guys today. And ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune in tomorrow for the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Coverage begins at 1.30 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Michael, this just coming from Adam Schefter. And I can't make it make sense. So you need to help me make it make sense. Like, I, I just, I don't understand. So Adam Schefter reporting that the Tennessee Titans, who just eight days ago signed quarterback Josh Dobbs off the Lions practice squad, they are expecting him to start tonight. Josh Dobbs going to be your, your starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. What, they decided it worked so well on two days rest, uh, two days of being on the team for Baker Mayfield a couple of weeks ago on Thursday night for the Rams. So they decided, oh, eight days. That's plenty of time for Josh Dobbs to be starting against the Cowboys tonight. So here, okay, let's be real here. This is what I think is going on. The Titans have made it abundantly, obviously, like mallet over the head clear that they are playing for week 18 because that is what will matter for them in the postseason. As you heard Teron Davenport a couple of hours ago, if you were listening then, he does not expect, it sounds like, Ryan Tannehill to be back. So Malik Willis is their starting quarterback. They're they're trying not to get anybody hurt because you're going to need those guys against the Jacksonville Jaguars if you're going to try and go to the postseason. So you're probably treating Malik Willis in a similar situation of like, don't want to play your starting quarterback. So enter Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, by the way, has played in six career games. The last time he appeared was one game for the Steelers in 2020, where he completed four or five passes for, well, two yards, Gabe. Two. Oof. Uh, he's you had me at of, four or five. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, four or five. I know. Intrigued. Two yards? Two, Is two that yards. possible? Uh, Half yard completion? I get. Maybe they were all screens. I, I don't know. I, I kind of want to go back through that the game log, whatever that game was. In his career, he's 10 of 17 for 45 yards, no touchdown, and an interception. Josh Dobbs, however, is from, he played his college ball at Tennessee. He's actually from Georgia. Uh, sure. Like, cool. Go, go for it, Josh Dobbs. That line Wait. that you were talking about with the Cowboys, Gabe, I feel like that's going to jump up yeah. to like 18 now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, it, I, again, I swear when I woke up this morning, it was 10. It's already at 12 and a half. Yes, that line is just going to continue to move in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. Stosh, is this right? The most interesting thing about Joshua Dobbs is that he's a certified rocket scientist. He is. Yeah. <laughs> I remember having him on uh, a couple years ago with Sarah Spain, and yeah, he he's a genius. Like, he's legit. <laughs> like, rocket scientist. Wow. I mean, what's he doing in the NFL? Shouldn't he be like... I mean, I understand being a backup quarterback in the NFL is not a bad gig, but I mean, if you could be a rocket scientist, wouldn't you want to get to that career? 
That's I mean, wild. you could ask Matt Patricia that. That was his uh, preferred career as well at, a, at RPI. And, you know, he's been a football coach for 30 years. Might take so. some real scientific work to get the Titans in the playoffs at this point. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if he actually goes out there and plays somewhat decent and then they have to think if they want to start him over Malik Willis in week 18 against Jacksonville? Like This is this has been a very strange NFL season, especially the back half with all these quarterbacks. It's been it, it, it is. By the way, so Gabe, so since you asked, I pulled up the box, the play-by-play from the last game that Josh Dobbs has played, that 4 of 5 for 2 yards. Uh, he completed a pass for negative 3 yards to Ray, to Ray Ray McLeod. So that was where it started. Uh, yeah. It, then dug himself he, an early hole. Yeah, he did. He dug, himself, he, himself out of. He, dug, he dug himself an early hole there, and he ran the ball well. He threw for no gain. He ran again. Another, like, yeah, it just, he threw for, he threw a pass for three yards. So that's, that's where it worked, and he threw oh, a pass for I, two yards. To add to that, uh, by the way, so when he was with the Jaguars back in, like, 2017, he spent a month at NASA's Kennedy Space Center. As part of an NFLPA externship, amazing. Uh, we've made games for him tonight. Culminated yeah, with him being on tonight. site for the historic SpaceX launch. <laughs> that's amazing. Man, I, that, that is incredible. That's that's in, that is amazing. I'm I'm rooting for Joshua Dobbs tonight. Coming off the Lions practice squad eight days ago, leading the Titans to victory tonight. That would be a wild story to start off Week 17. Uh, but another story, Michael, in Week 17 involves a team switching their quarterback, and that is the Washington Commanders. They've Ultimately decided, for some reason, that Carson Wentz gives them the best opportunity to make the playoffs. They need to win their final two games. If they lose one of those final two games, and a team like the Packers or the Lions or the Seattle Seahawks win a couple of games, well, then they would be on the outside looking in. If you're making a quarterback change in the middle of a playoff chase... I don't feel great about your chances of winning out and winning both of those games to secure your playoff berth. No, especially if the quarterback change you are making is going to Carson Wentz. Like, what are we doing here, Ron Rivera? I don't understand this. Like, I, I really don't. It's not like, listen, Taylor Heineke has not been great. Like, let's start there, right? 5-3-1 and one this year. He's completed 62.2% of his passes, 12 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. But, and I, I get he's it. A, they, he's a modern-day Ryan Fitzpatrick. To yeah. me, he's a, he's a modern-day Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's fine. He's going to make some bad plays, but he might make a cool or exciting play from time to time. But Carson Wentz? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, my God, Gabe, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't got answers for you. Like, maybe, I mean, listen, maybe you're just trying to shake something up because Washington hasn't won a game since November 27th, a game I actually covered that it was a game, for, uh, frankly, they beat Atlanta 19-13 and it was a game that they should have potentially lost because Marcus Mariota threw an interception that was batted in the air by Deron Payne on the two yard line. Like, so yeah, I get it. Washington is not playing well, so maybe you're, you're. This to me feels like one of those like I'm just going to toss this thing in the air and see what happens, and I hope it works out. Maybe I'm being too hard on Carson Wentz, but the only thing that I can think of now when I think of Carson Wentz is last year he had an opportunity to take the Indianapolis Colts to the playoffs, and all he had to do was play an average game 
against a bad Jacksonville Jaguars team. Not the Jacksonville Jaguars that are hot and ready to go with Trevor Lawrence playing some great football the way the Jacksonville Jaguars are. No, no, this is post-firing of Urban Meyer. They're just lost in the wilderness. All you have to do is beat the lowly Jags, and you're in the playoffs if you're the Colts. And what do you do? You lose that game because Carson Wentz can't stop turning the ball over and over and over again. So to me, I look at that going, okay, pressure situation. Carson Wentz ain't going to get it done. And this is going to be a pressure situation for Washington over the course of the next two weeks. I know they're playing not a, not a, a not very good Browns team coming up here, but I don't trust Carson Wentz at all. Coming up next year on Barton Hahn, we're going to get some inside perspective on the Raiders situation right here at ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Barton Hahn Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen and watch the guys on the ESPN app. This is the Barton Hahn Podcast.